0: If you're visiting this morning here at our church, we preach, uh, tend to preach, uh, well, we tend to preach, yes, through books of the Bible, through books of the Bible. We're making our way through uh, Paul's letter to the Romans uh, here in the New Testament um, in our 11 o'clock service, uh, Romans chapter 11. have seen a variety of things uh, here in this uh, book. By the way, the book of Romans is, is wonderful, Amen. Isn't it something? It's, it's, it's really something. Praise God for it. Praise God for uh, all the truths that we've seen uh, in, in this wonderful book. His word. Uh, praise God for it. Uh, here in chapters 9, 10, and 11, uh, as you know, if you've been here, if not, we're going to catch you up. Don't worry. Uh, we're looking at the fact that uh, the Lord has set aside the nation of Israel for a time. Paul makes that clear. Uh, back in chapter nine, we looked at the the the, the feeling of, amongst some that hey, that's unjust. We're, we're, we're God's people. Why why would the Lord set us aside for a time? Well, they had largely rejected Him uh, as a nation. Of course, that's been that's been a problem on and off throughout history. And uh, Isaiah, we're seeing we're we're studying through uh, the book of Isaiah in the ten o'clock hour. We see. Much of the apostasy and the idolatry has continued uh, as a rejection of the Lord, even to modern times. The, the, the people, the nation of Israel has largely uh, rejected the Lord, certainly the offer of salvation available in Jesus Christ. And so the Lord says, listen, set you aside for a time, not, not forever I've made promises to you, I will keep those promises, uh, but for a time I'm going to... Uh, to have another vehicle to accomplish my purposes. Who is that, church? That's us. That's us, Gentile people uh, in churches such as this. uh, This one this morning is God's plan. Uh, That's a privilege, Marilyn. Uh, That's a privilege to be part of God's plan for today. We thank God for the privilege to be part of his plan uh, to serve him today some said in paul's day that that's unjust paul said no that's a response from the lord as a consequence for the nation's rejection uh, of christ in particular but but fear not god is not done he will still deal with and fulfill his promises uh, to israel this chapter here in uh in verse 11 uh, chapter 11 forgive me uh, seems to answer the concern not so much is it just or not for God to do that, but what about the promises that God has made uh, to the nation of Israel? Will He fulfill them? He will. I want to ask you again this morning. Uh, first of all, what was what was the song we played for the offertory? Standing on the promises. If you're visiting this morning, I asked this question a lot, especially recently. Has God made promises to you? Has he made promises to you? Made promises to everyone who comes to Christ in faith. He says, I'll meet your basic needs. I'll meet your basic needs. That's a promise that God has made to everyone in every, anyone and everyone uh, who has come to Christ with a simple, humble, repentant faith. I'll meet your needs. God let anyone down this week? Church? Did he let you down this week? I'm still waiting for a hand. Because he hasn't let you down, has he? No. He has not let us down. He's a God who makes promises to his people, and he's a God who keeps promises to his people. People in Paul's day say, Well, what about all the promises the Lord has made to Israel? Where's the fulfillment of them? And Paul has an answer. The answer basically boils down to, Hey, uh, God's keeping his promises to those who have uh, chosen uh, chosen to be faithful to him. Those that have chosen uh, to come uh, according to faith in the Messiah, God's plan, uh, he's chosen them, and he's keeping promises to them now. But you know what? There's a time when God's promises that he's made to national Israel, they, they will be fulfilled. Uh, there'll be time in the future. God is a God who keeps promises. Is that important to you? You value that. Are you encouraged by that? We break our promises to each other. And so, Gary, I think I've said recently, it's hard to believe we have a God who absolutely, who absolutely keeps his promises no matter what. We let each other down. It's hard for us to believe that we have a God who is going to keep every promise that he's made to us. But we do. And he's not let you down yet. And by the way, if he's not let you down yet, you can be pretty confident he's never going to let you down. Amen? Take comfort in that. Take wonderful comfort in that. Uh, Here's the thing, though. Uh, Israel has been set aside. Israel's been set aside because of her rejection of the Messiah, uh, her disobedience. Uh, But God says that, yes, that's, that's for now. But... There's a time coming in the future where I will graciously redeem you and fulfill my promises to you. That's possible. What, what kind of redemption is that? Gracious redemption. Zach, that's, been, that's possible because the grace of God is a biblical reality. What is, what is grace? What is that grace? It's totally unmerited, totally undeserved favor of God is totally undeserved, totally unmerited. How is it that when we're, how are we saved? Church, how are we saved from the consequences of our sin according to scripture? We're saved by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, what he's accomplished. The undeserved, unmerited favor of God is made available to us by simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the blood that he shed upon the cross to cover our sins. sang about that too, didn't we? Why is that grace so important? Why is that so important? Brother Ray, it's because we are sinners according to the Bible, right? We are sinners. The Bible says in Romans 3, back in chapter 3, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. People will look at that and say, well, okay, but so what? So what? Well, three chapters later, the Bible says the wages of sin is death spiritual death, and we understand, comparing scripture with scripture, that there's a very real hell, also, where, you know, if if, if I refuse God's solution for my sin, that's my future. Aren't you glad this morning, if you've come to Christ, you know for sure that's not your future? Church, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You've made a way for my sins to be forgiven. I understand I'm a sinner. I understand uh, the wages of death, the wages of sin is death, but that same verse says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, Lord. My sin, I'm a sinner. My sin has consequences. But you've made a way of forgiveness, a way of escape of the consequences of my sin. I am planned an escape route into one of our outreach routes yesterday we had kind of a hilly difficult route and I said this this might be hard so let let me plan of a way of escape about halfway through where we could circle back Uh, brother Ray I thought an escape route might be a might be a desired thing of course no one would take it no one would take it praise God for that I praise God that the Lord has provided a way of escape from the consequence of sin. And this room is filled with people who have accepted that way of escape. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in him, the blood that he shed upon the cross. The grace that's available to us. The favor of God that's been earned for us, not by us. Could anyone here earn their forgiveness? Church, could you earn that? Bible says we're saved by Hebrew, not of works you can't earn it you could try but you can't brother I'm glad to know that because our natural inclination is to try to be good enough right to try to be good enough Lord thank you I can't earn it it's been earned for me all I need to do is accept that gift uh, to come to Christ by simple humble faith placing my faith in him for forgiveness of sin then I'm forgiven, and all of the promises that God makes to his people become promises to me. Has he broke a single one of them, church? No one can say he ever has, because he never has. Amen? Amen. Romans chapter 11 this morning. Uh, Would you stand uh, with me for just a moment, please, as we read a portion of Romans chapter 11 this morning? Romans chapter eleven. We'll read uh, beginning uh, in verse one. Uh, Paul says, "I say then, hath God cast away His people?" He's speaking of Israel. He says, "God forbid! Of course not. No, Uh, for I also am an Israelite, of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin." Paul writes as some a Jewish person who's been saved uh, by grace through faith. Verse two: God hath not cast away His people, which He foreknew. Those who've been saved, those who he knew would be saved, uh, what, ye, don't you know uh, what the scripture saith of Elias? This is Elijah uh, back there in the Old Testament, 1st 2nd Kings, we've seen that recently. How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed the prophets, and uh, dig down thine altars, am I left alone? Uh, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? You may remember from our recent Wednesday night study, Lord answers, I will reserve to myself 7,000 men, a remnant of faithful men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, Baal, that idol. Uh, verse 5, even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of what? What's the G word there? Grace. There's the you know the national Israel in Paul's day largely turned from the Lord, uh, largely rejected Christ, but the Lord had some uh, who came to Him by grace uh, through faith. Verse six: And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Praise God. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But uh, if it be of works, then is uh, no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. That's a little bit of a difficult verse, but we can follow it. What then, verse 7? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, uh, and the rest were blinded. We'll see verses 8 and 9 where where the Old Testament refers specifically to the spiritual blindness of those uh, who've rejected Christ. Look at verse 10. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their their back always. I say then, verse 11, have they stumbled that they should fall. Is the stumble of Israel a permanent fall from grace? Does God have an answer still for them? Yes, he does. He says, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Uh, during this time, the Lord has set Israel aside temporarily. He's using this time to focus on the rest of the world, the rest of us to reach us, to save us, to use us in his service. Are you thankful for that this morning? Are you thankful for that this morning? Well, stop there and pray, please. Father, thank you. Lord, this chapter is somewhat difficult as some of Romans is, but Father, I thank you that we can can see wonderful truths here this morning. Lord, this chapter answers an allegation That you're a God who's broken your promises to Jewish people. We know that you haven't. We look around the room this morning. We know there's at least three ethnically Jewish people in our midst today. Who've come to Christ. And who are experiencing your promises today. Lord we know that in the future many more will be reached for Christ. we'll come to him. And know grace through faith. Lord, we know Israel as a nation will be redeemed and used mightily by you again. You will fulfill your promises in your time. Father, thank you this morning that this chapter, although it is a little bit difficult, Lord, we can see that you are a God who keeps your promises. Lord, I pray today that um, we get a hold of that idea, that you encourage our faith, our confidence in you. If we'll come to Christ, you will keep your promises to your people. Father, help me now. Uh, I pray that you work here in just these next several minutes. We look at a portion of this chapter this morning. Lord, help me. I need that. I thank you for it. I pray all of this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Look at verse uh, 1 with me again, please, just quickly. Uh, Paul says to uh, this, he says, I say then, hath God cast away his people... Uh, the Jewish people. He says, God forbid, let it not be. He says, no, that's, that's not the case at all. He says, for I am an Israelite. This is the apostle Paul, yeah, he grew up as a Jewish man. Uh, he, he, he was a, a leader re, really amongst Jews. He had been given great responsibility uh, as a Jewish man, as, as a Jewish leader. Uh, you, you remember some of his past. He says, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, God hasn't completely cast away all his people. Here I am. uh, I've been saved. God is using me. Uh, God is keeping promises to me today. And he says, you know what? I'm not alone. Uh, I'm not alone. He said, I'm not the only Jewish man here here, uh, in the first century who's been saved. He said, verse 2, God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew, those who he knew... Uh, would be saved. Did God know that you would be saved before you were saved? Amen. He knew that. Uh, The three Jewish people, ethnically Jewish people who are with us today, did God know that you would be saved before you were saved? Absolutely he did. He's omniscient. Uh, He knows all things. By the way, how is that possible? How could that be? He's God. Brother, Brother Gary, that's the answer. He's God. He's God. He's so far above us. Uh, and, and yet he's near to us in his people, uh, in indwelling us. What, what an amazing, wonderful uh, privilege. Now listen, Paul, he kind of, he, he does three things here to, uh, to make the point that God has not broken his promise. Yes, uh, there's a sense in which promises to national Israel have been uh, delayed for a time. Uh, Israel was offered the kingdom when Christ came. They rejected him, and and so the fulfillment of all the promises to national Israel have been delayed for a time. But, but, they they will be fulfilled in the future. Meanwhile, those who come to the Lord experience many of his promises today. Paul says, listen, I want you to consider uh, some truths from the past that inform our understanding of these things today. Uh, And then I want you to consider some things uh, regarding the future. So he, he looks to the past to help them understand the present. Uh, and then b- having built up their understanding of the present, he says, okay, listen, I want you to look to the future. We'll see all of that this morning in just several minutes here. Lord willing, tonight we'll come back in the 6 o'clock service, pick up the second half or so uh, of this chapter. But that's 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 the portion here, the first half or so uh, that, that we'll see this morning. Now, uh, look with me here uh, first uh, at, at Paul's use of the past. He looks back into Old Testament scriptures. He says, listen, uh, let's, let's look to the past uh, that we might understand the future. Look look at second half verse two. He says, what, W-O-T, Old English word in our King James Bible. Uh, no, it has the idea of K-N-O-W. Know ye not? Don't you all know what the scripture saith of Elias or Elijah? And he's referring back to 1 Kings 19, uh, we were there in our Wednesday night Bible study not all that long ago. We're making our way through Second Kings now, but he's referring back to a time uh, there in First Kings when Elijah the prophet he was really distressed, uh, brother. Ray, he he was beside himself at the wickedness, the apostasy that was all around him. He did, He just he could hardly understand all the wickedness uh, that was. You ever feel that way? You ever look around and feel that, Brother Gary? Sometimes, right? You just, you just can't hardly believe it. You look around the world and, 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 and you marvel at the wickedness. Uh, he, he's kind of fled away, not in keeping with God's will, but in keeping with God's will, uh, he prays. Lord, Lord, uh, what of all this wickedness around me? It's verse 3. Uh, they've killed the prophets. They've digged down thine altars. Uh, and uh, I, I am left alone. I feel like the, I'm the only one left who's being faithful uh, to you, Lord. And, and, and now these apostates, these they're, they're coming after me. They're seeking my life. Paul reminds his readers here, that's not the case. Uh, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. He says, listen, God always has a remnant. He always reserves unto himself a faithful group of people. He always has a group of faithful people who he is fulfilling his promises to. That was the case in Elijah's day. That was the case in Paul's day. That is the case today. In the future, there'll be even more Jewish people who are saved and experiencing God's promises. In the meantime... Just as it was the case in Elijah's day, the Lord had reserved himself a a, a remnant, a a group held in reserve of faithful people uh, as he has today. Look at verse 4. Paul says, but but what saith the answer of God unto him, unto Elijah, back in Elijah's day in 1 Kings? Here's God's answer. Uh, I have reserved to myself 7,000 men, remember that, uh, who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal, to that idol. I, God, God said, I have actively done this. Uh, the word reserve kind of has the idea of, of like a general might res- might hold back some troops, not for the current battle, not knowing exactly what's going to happen, but for the next battle. God knows, of course, but uh, God, God had reserved some faithful people unto himself, uh, for for this day of, of great apostasy. He says, listen, uh, God had a group of faithful people through whom he would uh, fulfill his promises, through whom he would work, who would serve him, and to whom he would fulfill his promises in Elijah's day. Paul says, listen, the same is true in my day, and the application for us is the same is true today. Is there a remnant of faithful people Uh, on this kind of (laughs) island in in a sea of apostasy and and wickedness. Is there a group of faithful people in the world today? Is there? I can look from this uh, temporary mini pulpit (laughs) this morning and say, yeah, I can see some of those people right here, uh, some of whom are ethnically Jewish, Paul, like you. God had a faithful group that he had reserved in Elijah's day and in Paul's day uh, and the same is true today, and that God is fulfilling his promises to those people uh, today. No one can say God's broken his promises. He's got a group of faithful people to whom he's fulfilling his promises today, to whom he'll continue to do that. And all the promises that have been fulfilled to Israel up this point, they will, uh, they will, be, they will be fulfilled. Now, So Paul looks to the past. He says, listen. Remember what the Lord told Elijah in his day. Now consider the present. For Paul, Paul says, as he wrote, verse 5, he says, Even so then, at when? What's he say? Verse 5. At this present time. At this present time also there's a remnant according to the election of what? Grace. People, people who have come to me by grace through faith. Uh, people who have procured uh, my saving grace because of their simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that he shed. Uh, right now, Paul says, as I'm writing also, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, not of works. And, and he spends a verse and a half. So just reminding that Nobody's saved by works. Nobody can be religious enough or good enough or do uh, anything other than receive the free gift of salvation, uh, grace through faith. Paul says even uh, right right now, as it was in Elijah's day, there's a remnant in in Paul's day uh, that have been faithful and have known God's saving grace uh, in his day. Just exactly as it is today um we can look around the world and and be discouraged that it is as wicked as it is that that the vast majority of christianity is is so very apostate by the way it is vast majority of it is, is so far from scripture you can hardly identify it aren't you glad for churches that are still trying to be biblical are you glad for churches that are still trying to be biblical not allowing themselves to be caught up in the, the flow of culture, even, uh, even if that means those churches are going to be smaller. Aren't you glad for churches that are still trying to be biblical? We were talking about uh, the need for a new church sign. We've got some money put aside for that. And someone said, Pastor, you ought, you ought to put um, a tagline on that sign that says simply, we preach the Bible. We preach the Bible. And I um, you know, thought... Well, I don't know if that's, if that's very distinguishing, but it actually is. So few churches today are actually preaching the Bible. Be thankful for churches that are still preaching the Bible. You go to some churches today, you hear a verse, and then nothing, nothing. Just shallowness, hollowness. Um, Paul said, listen, there were some who remained faithful in Elijah's day, that was God. There's some that remain faithful in, in his day, what was present for him, that that's God. Uh, and he says, you know what? God is always going to have his remnant. Uh, despite the wickedness of Elijah's day, God had his remnant. Despite the wickedness uh, of Paul's day in the first century, God had his remnant. God worked to be sure that there would be a group, a remnant. Maybe a small group uh, of faithful people. Uh, God is actively working in the world today to call out a remnant today as well. And, and, and you're it. Uh, we, we have the wonderful privilege to be uh, that remnant today. We, we praise God, uh, we praise God for that. It doesn't mean that God has broken promises to anyone. He is making and keeping promises to the remnant that He has had. Uh, in, in each day. look at verse seven please is what then Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for but the election uh, hath obtained it. there's, there's some uh, ethnically Jewish people today who sure enough uh, have come to Christ, uh, come to the Jewish Messiah by uh, grace through faith. but there's uh, many others obviously who have not, just as was the case in Elijah's day and just as was as the case in in Paul's day, just as is the case today, uh, many uh, Jewish people have rejected the Messiah. Uh, Israel, national Israel, has rejected uh, the Messiah uh, and had been spiritually blinded as a result of that. We've seen this uh, back in the Old Testament. Paul says, listen, uh, the Lord has made this clear in the past. There's a, there's a spiritual blindness that explains what we see in the world today because people have hardened their hearts against the Lord. Look, look at the next part of verse 7. He says the rest were blinded. Uh, the rest were blinded. There's a spiritual blindness upon national Israel today that explains the state of Israel today, that explains the fact that this nation that the Lord chose, this nation... Through which the Lord brought the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, uh, the fact that it it has rejected Christ, the fact that it is so apostate, the fact that uh, even Israel today is so very secular and godless. Uh, There's an explanation for that. Because the people harden their hearts against the Lord, uh, he's blinded them to the truth temporarily. Uh, It's a consequence for their sin. Uh, So Paul, Paul says, listen, there's an explanation for what we see. There's an explanation. There's a spiritual blindness. He says, uh, this is biblical, this is is according to what I've showed you back in the Old Testament in Isaiah. Look at verse eight. He says, according as it is written back in Isaiah 29 uh, and verse 10, God has given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see. This is a consequence, the spiritual blindness, the curse of spiritual blindness that the Lord has poured out in the past that explains uh, the state of Israel today. Uh, we, we saw that. We won't look at it, but you make a note. We see that first in uh, Isaiah 6 and verse 9. And uh, then in, in, in verse 9 in our passage, he says, And David saith, he's referring here uh, back to Psalm 69. He says, uh, Psalm 69 was uh, David praying against uh, those who had made themselves enemies of the Messiah. He said, Listen, David even prophesied that this would be the case. There would be so many of God's people who would harden their heart against the truth of the Messiah, who would make themselves enemies of the Messiah having done that, and who would experience this uh, spiritual blindness, this hardening of their hearts, this blindedness to the truth as a consequence of that. That explained the world in Paul's day now that explains the world today. Doesn't mean that a Jewish person can't be saved, praise God. There's at least three here today uh, who have been, but it does explain why the vast majority today uh, have not come to Christ. Paul says, listen, look at verse 11. He makes it very clear. This is a temporary thing. This is a very temporary thing. God has not broken his promise to Israel. This is a very temporary consequence Uh, for their refusal of the Messiah. He says in verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. Yes, they've stumbled. There's been a a stumble in in Israel's uh, history that explains the curse that is upon them today. Uh, But does that mean that they've fallen down and they're going to stay down forever? Paul says, God forbid, let, let it not be this is a temporary thing. Uh, God has set aside Israel for a time as a consequence of her rejection of the Messiah so that he might reach uh, ethnically uh, Gentile people and use them for a time. He'll say here, as he did in the last chapter, he'll do that in part to provoke Israel to jealousy, that they would desire to come back to the Lord uh, and and know him in truth, uh, but that the rest of the world be be reached as well. This is a temporary thing. God's not done. Just because all of his promises have been fulfilled before now doesn't mean that they won't be. It's a purposeful thing. It's a purposeful thing, secondly. Uh, Second part of verse 11, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. That's what I just said. I got ahead of myself. If you're a Gentile this morning, not Jewish, raise your hand. Raise your hand. <laughs> That's the rest of us. <laughs> Brother Ray, you didn't raise your hand. Isn't it amazing how God can use even great apostasy of his chosen people for a great purpose? God, he's God. He can use anything that he chooses to, to accomplish his purposes. His chosen people reject him. He says, I got you, we'll set you on the shelf for a time, and I'm going to go and reach the rest of the world, the rest of us. Listen, we're saved today, we're in this church today because that's God's plan. <laughs> that's God's plan. He's a good God. He's a good God. He is using this current plan, this this church age, to provoke his chosen people, Israel, to jealousy. That's what it says. That's God's plan. But, Brother Ray, his plan is to reach us. Aren't you glad for that? He had a plan to reach us, and and Gary, he has reached us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. For to provoke them to jealousy. Okay, okay. As Israel sees the rest of the world coming to Christ, their Messiah, there's coming a day where where they're going to say, Hey, that Messiah is the Jewish Messiah who came first for us. We need him. That day is coming. That day is coming. And that's the future. Paul says, Listen, look to the past. Let your understanding of the present be informed by what the Lord has said in the past. Understand that the world is the way it is today because of these things that God has revealed in the past. But then also understand that the future, (laughs) the Lord is not done. He's going to fulfill these promises in the future. Look with me in verse 12 here, the, the future. The future restoration of Israel, the redemption of the nation of Israel, it's going to be a great blessing to them and to the rest of the world as well. Now, if the fall of them be riches unto the world, the temporary fall of Israel is a great blessing to the rest of the world in that God has chosen to focus attention on Gentiles for a time and in a time only. Uh, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. If God can accomplish so much in the world by setting the Jews aside just for a time, temporarily, imagine how much more he'll accomplish when national Israel is redeemed through, through all, of the, uh, uh, all, all of the program of the tribulation period and, and then until the millennium. Imagine... Uh, imagine if God is blessing through his plan now, what a greater blessing Israel will be to all the world uh, in the future. This is what he says in, in verse 12. So he's looking ahead very hopefully to the future. Remember, Bible hope is certain hope. It's not something that we kind of sort of hope will happen. It, this, this is the certain hope uh, of, of God's people. Uh, look, look in verse 13. We see the, uh, the idea here that he says... Uh, the, uh, the awakening and, and the future redemption of national Israel uh, and, and God reaching uh, Jewish people and, and redeeming the nation finally and ultimately, uh, it's going to be like their awakening from the dead. National Israel is spiritually dead at the moment. Uh, but when the Lord finally reaches them in the tribulation and beyond, it's going to be like a switch went off. It's going to be like they're, they're, they're coming back from the dead. This is the language that he uses here. Look at verse 13. Uh, for I speak to you Gentiles, okay, I'm listening, uh, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, that was Paul's call, uh, I magnify my, mine office. I'm, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for this service, this Place of service that God has given me, uh, I hold it up and I and I celebrate it and I glory in it. It's a it's a wonderful privilege. Paul says to be the uh, the Jewish apostle apostle who's being sent out to reach Gentiles uh, in, in his day. Verse fourteen: If by any means I may provoke to emulation, it's the same underlying language as provoked to jealousy. them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Uh, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be? Look at the last phrase here, but life from uh, the dead. Paul says there, there is a wonderful hope still for national Israel. Paul said, some will be reached in my day, uh, and some are being reached uh, today. But the day is coming when the Lord will open their eyes again. Uh, and that nation will be awoken as from the dead and used greatly by the Lord uh, in his millennial reign and beyond. Um, has God broken a promise to anyone? Has he broken a promise to national. No. No. They broke their covenant with him. <laughs> They're suffering the consequences for now, uh, but not forever. Not forever. Uh, Verses. this, this idea is illustrated in, in verse 16. Uh, he uses two different illustrations here to make this point. Uh, he, he uses an illustration of a, a root and branches of a tree uh, in the second part of verse 16. Uh, in verse 17, if some of the branches be broken off, uh, the tree being the, the people and nation of Israel, if some of the branches be broken off, unbelievers... Uh, And thou, Gentiles, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them. We've studied this language before. Gentiles being grafted in, as pictured here as wild olive branches being grafted into the tree that is Israel. We are grafted into the promises that have been made to Israel. Uh, If some of the branches be broke off, those unbelievers, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, uh, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, there bearest now the root, but the root thee, but the root thee. Uh, we'll, we'll pick it up here tonight and, and continue on. But, Brother Ray, uh, wonderful truth being dealt with by Paul here. Sometimes it may look like God has broken some promises to some people, he hasn't. He hasn't set aside for a time, but only a time. God has a plan still to reach that nation, the nation through whom he brought his Messiah. We praise God for that. We'll pick this up tonight and look there. Let's bow our heads, please. Father God, we thank you this morning, Lord, for this passage. It is somewhat difficult, Lord. We may struggle a bit with it, but we thank you this morning that in the end... it is a simple reminder that you've not broken a promise. You've not acted unjustly, chapter 9. And you've not broken any promises, chapter 11. Lord, I thank you this morning that you've made promises to every individual who comes to you by grace through faith in Lord Jesus Christ? By the testimony of the people of this church, you've not broken a single promise. You've promised to meet the basic needs of those who've sought Christ in his righteousness. Lord, you've not broken a promise, you're a promise keeper. Lord, we worship you and honor you and glorify you this morning as the one who keeps promises perfectly. Lord, you're a perfectly faithful father. Lord, I know this morning that we let you down at times. We are not as faithful as we should be. Lord, I thank you this morning that that's where we meet your grace all over again. Your favor is undeserved by us, it's been earned for us by Christ upon the cross. Lord, thank you. Father, I understand this morning it's that same grace that will allow the nation of Israel to be redeemed, the people of that nation to be redeemed. Church, I encourage you just take a moment this morning. Say, Lord, thank you for your grace. I don't deserve it. Lord, I understand this morning there's nothing I could do to earn my salvation. It's been earned for me. Church, I encourage you this morning to take a moment and say, Lord, I know I fail you at times. Lord, if there's some sinful thing in my life this morning, I pray you convict me. Give me grace In the sense of strength to confess that this morning, to repent of it, to turn away from it, to forsake it, to put it off, and to put on obedience in its place. Knowing, Lord, this morning that my sin remains covered by the blood of my Savior, that your grace is still in full force, I cannot lose my salvation been sealed, it's been secured. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Perhaps there's someone here this morning who would say, I've known some things about Christ and the offer of salvation. I've known of his death, burial, and resurrection. But if I was honest this morning, I would would have to say there's never been a time that I place my faith in Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, the blood he shed to cover my own sins personally. Maybe I've known some things, but I've never exercised faith in what I've known. We're saved by grace through faith. Maybe there's one this morning who would say, Lord, I I know I'm a sinner. I know that you've, you've convinced me of that. I know that Christ is the only way my sins can be forgiven. Lord, I know this morning that Christ is the only way I can have a relationship with you. And so this morning, as best I understand, I'm placing my faith in Christ for forgiveness of my sins. trusting him to be my savior this morning. That's your choice this morning. If that's your prayer this morning, we'd love to be able to rejoice with you. Let me know before you leave today. Pastor, I've made that decision this morning to place my faith in Christ, to repent of my sins and to place my faith in him and what he's accomplished for me upon that cross. Love to be able to rejoice with you and encourage you this morning. You made that choice this morning, We've been grafted into the promises that God has made to his people, and he does not break his promises. Lord, thank you this morning for your faithfulness to us. Father, thank you that promises become promises to us when we simply place our faith in Christ. We thank you this morning for Michelle and her decision. What a joy. Father, I pray this morning as she comes in obedience to you this morning that you'll bless her for her obedience. Help this church to be a great encouragement to her. Lord, she's already been an encouragement to us. I know she'll continue to be just that. Lord, bless her, please. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll have Zach come in a moment, but before he comes, I um, want well, just remind us this morning that we practice baptism. Why? Why, why do we baptize new believers, church? Well, what's the answer? The Bible says so. <laughs> the Bible says so. Uh, teach them the truth. Those who receive the truth, baptize them. What's the word mean? It means literally to immerse, right? To, to immerse. And uh, when, we, when we baptize biblically by immersion, not sprinkling or pouring, uh, you have a wonderful picture of what Christ has done for us. Michelle's going to stand in that tank with me. And in doing that, she's going to say to you, hey, I, I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who went to that cross allowed himself to be nailed up to that cross. I put my faith in him. He died upon, shed his blood and died upon that cross. As she goes into the water, she's going to be picturing the fact that she's placed her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who died and who was buried. And as she stands in that water and she comes up out of that water, she's going to be picturing her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who not only died having shed his blood, but who was buried and who rose again on the third day just exactly as he promised he would death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that's the gospel that's our hope that's where your faith has been placed sister I said it like a statement but it ended like a question (laughs) is that where your faith is? I know it is we celebrate with you this morning. I think we should baptize you. Church, should we baptize her? All right, amen. Zach, you come. Lead us in a song. Give us time to get changed. Get ready. Uh, we'll baptize Michelle. We'll vote to receive her into the membership. If you uh, have in your heart to vote against her, you get right before we get to that point, okay? You pray about that. And... Uh, We'll go ahead and baptize her thereafter you'll sing a couple more songs give us time to change back and then uh, we'll close in prayer and uh, you'll be able to meet michelle here in front of church as our tradition is and just congratulate her welcome her into the membership of our church now remember if you're if you are a member of our church you've entered into a covenant with one another to be an encouragement to each other will you encourage this young lady Has she been an encouragement to you already? Amen. Okay. All right. You come. All right, we're going to sing our next few songs a cappella.